Hi, welcome to Date Night. I'm Will. And I'm Amy. And we've been married for 13 years. 13 long years. Yeah, and after all those long years, we felt like we needed some adventure in our marriage. So every couple of weeks, we send our kids out of the house to the sitter's house. And we go upstairs to the playroom. Yep, and we clear off the table. And we explore a whole new world together. Just the two of us. And me, your best buddy and longest role-playing companion. Yep, and Mike. And me, your favoritest nephew. And our nephew. Your favoritest nephew. Our favoritest nephew, Sam. And, of course, a mysterious force from beyond the veil, also known as your half-niece-in-law, Eva. Yeah, and our whatever Eva is to us. (laughs) (laughs) And we play Dungeons and Dragons. shield, your character's AC equals 10 plus his or her dexterity modifier. So 10. Okay. That's gonna be painful. That's kind of what I thought it was. I had... I don't know. It's gonna be weird. You don't have your hammer. You don't have any buddies except Kip. So, it's gonna be interesting. Alright, well, are you ready, you think? Yes! So, last time you were tossed into a new cell uh, with Kip, and you were kind of talking about what you had done to get arrested and all of that. Um, And then you heard some stone grinding from the wall uh, that sat at the end of the row of cells. This cell was all the way at the end, so this was kind of in the side wall of the prison, and a small passageway had opened. Um, out of that passageway came the hunched form of Sheriff Balaam, and his skin looked blue-gray in the darkness of the alcove. And his little pangolin creature, which is that kind of scaly anteater-looking thing, is just sitting in the crook of his arm. And he says, um, I'm going to have to hang someone. I guess let's figure out if it's you or not. He pulls out a wand from inside his jacket, and he levels it in your direction, and he kind of gives it a, um, kind of motions with it toward the alcove, and he steps aside like he wants you to enter. Well, let's go, let's go ahead and, and enter. Okay. So you slip into that, the, uh, darkness of the alcove, and it starts descending steeply right away. The stairs are uneven, wet, and crumbling, but Balaam, uh, behind you, seems pretty patient. He's not urging you to go faster, even though your progress seems really slow. Kip slipped in in front of you, and you have no trouble keeping pace with him. He seems really out of place trying to walk down these stairs. He's often slipping and grumbling, uh, but he keeps moving further and further down, uh, and it's getting uh, cooler and wetter darker. Um, but you can see pretty far, I guess, right? 60 feet. I have dark vision! Okay. Yeah, I don't think it does. <laughs> Behind you, uh, Balaam remains three or four steps back. He's still got his wand leveled. You can kind of see um, in the dark that his eyes are glowing a little bit faintly with a hint of blue uh, luminescence. You see his eyes kind of dip as he nods for you to keep moving. Eventually the stairs end and the path levels off. You hear a scratching from a hallway ahead, and you can see a bit of light from some of the doorways that line the hallway. Okay. So Balaam just says, third left. <clears throat> Alright. Slowly approach. Can I kind of can I see through the doorway before I step into it? Yeah, it's a little further ahead still. Um, It's a little lighter now. Kip is looking back at you uh, uncertainly, but you can kind of see that the third door on the left is one of the ones that has a little bit of light streaming out of it. 
Okay, go up to the doorway, kind of see what's through it. Okay. When you're near um, that door, Balaam says to step in. You can sort of see from the hall that it looks like there's a small lantern in the room. It looks fairly empty. Um, and there's sort of a shadowy figure sitting in the uh, far corner of the room. Hello. You see the figure kind of turn toward you. And it's a mousy little tiefling. It's pretty much smaller than any that you've probably ever seen. Unless maybe you've seen tiefling children before. I don't know if that's something Dern would have ever encountered. No. <laughs> no? Emphatically no. <laughs> um, so you might even wonder if this is a tiefling child. Um, it's got tufts of red hair growing up from the base of her horns and sort of braided around them. And she's sitting at like a gnome-sized desk. There's an... Uh, it's kind of in an L, so she's still sitting at it and facing you now. There's an oil lamp with a soot-stained globe turned up to a high flame, and it's casting a wicked-looking shadow on the wall behind the tiefling, and she's writing carefully um, into a ledger. So when you sort of say hello, she looks up from her work. She places her quill down on the desk, gently folds her hands in her lap. Um, and looking across at her, it's hard to tell still if she's really, really old or if she is really young. The rest of the room around you is empty, uh, except for a threadbare rug in the center of the room and uh, the walls, which are covered in maps. Will you roll a, a perception check? 19. Okay, you can see that these are regional maps of the... Uh, different regions on the island of Lamosh where you are. You'd recognize one as the Tagata region, and you sort of see that some of them are for surrounding regions as well. But in the dark, it's hard to tell too much about what's going on on the maps. But you do see that they sort of have markings all over them. Um, I, in the middle of the room is that rug centered in front of the desk. Balaam slips in behind you and Kip, uh, and motions for you to stand over on the rug. Okay. Uh, stand over on the rug. I said hello! She grinds her teeth, and she looks over at Balaam. She never really, like, unhunches from her position at the desk, which is small, even by her standards. Uh, and she kind of remains that way. Balaam... For his part, sort of steps to the side of the room and leans against a bare spot on the wall where there aren't any of the maps and kind of puts one leg up and starts tapping the wand against the side of his leg. His little uh, pangolin creature waddles over to the seated tiefling and hops up onto her lap. And neither of them seems to say anything. So I, I take it you're the one in charge? She kind of stares over at Balaam again, and he says, Not exactly. Kip is really nervous. He's scanning the room and rubbing his false beard of the dwarf disguise he is wearing uh, at the moment when you guys were captured. And he actually plucks the beard off and tosses it on the ground. He says, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a little nervous. I'm a plucky seed sower, he says, and he slowly sticks out his hand for a handshake, but he, like, never fully extends it out. Like, maybe he's thinking better of actually wanting to touch either of these individuals in the room. So he, he sort of brings it back over to his side and grabs his wrist, um, and... Balaam just laughs, and he says, Seed sower. <laughs> okay. Um, spend enough time at the whore's legs, and the tiefling woman uh, glares at Balaam, and he kind of swallows his laughter in the middle. <laughs> and you hear footsteps uh, from the hallway. Will you make a straight-up wisdom roll? You can add your wisdom modifier. Thirteen. Okay. 
A skeleton walks into the room and posts up next to the door. He's holding a shield and a mace, and he just kind of stands there, like, on guard. And Balaam just nods at it and kind of says, Carl, and the skeleton (laughs) nods back. Carl the skeleton. (laughs) And uh, the woman just basically doesn't take her eyes off of you and Kip. She pulls out an ancient-looking, leather-bound tome from beneath the desk. The binding is large, and it's ornate. And she sets it down on the table, opens it up, seemingly to a random page, and picks up a quill. She doesn't dip the ink into anything on the desk. She just starts or doesn't dip the quill into the ink and just starts scrawling a few words on the page. She closes the book and hands it out, stretches it toward you in your direction. I'll slowly take the book. Okay. And she kind of nods at you. I guess I'm supposed to read this? She nods again. Okay. Page one. (laughs) Okay, when you look into the book, it looks like it's empty. Am I supposed to be making up a story here? It was a dark and stormy night. And she just stares. No, stares that, at you. that's not what I'm meant to be doing. She motions her quill over at Balaam, who says, Listen, and open it again. Opening it again. Okay, it seems like nothing happens at first, but after you open it, the pages start to slowly flip back and forth by themselves. And there's a noise coming out of the book that sounds like a whisper. Um, and the room starts to grow colder. And you can hear the whisper say, Why did you come? Should I be answering the book then? And she just keeps looking at you and the book starts flipping back in the other direction. And it says, Why did you come? <laughs> this is a, a bit uncomfortable in here. I came because I was kind of brought here by the cops or the, the local police people. Okay, while you're talking, she starts scraping her uh, quill on the desk in front of her, not even on any paper. But you start to see symbols. You can't really interpret what they mean appearing in the book. But then the book flips around again and starts whispering. It says, no, why did you come? To Silver's blessing. Well, I'll tell you, it's a lot better than that mushroom place we were in before, but uh, no, we were looking for um, an order of, of wool that seems to have come up this way. Uh, y'all wouldn't, yeah, the Scottish y'all, <laughs> you all wouldn't happen to know uh, of, of a large order of wool anywhere, would you? She scribbles something on the page again, and she goes, You came for wool? I mean, it's, it was a very large order of wool. She glances over at Balaam, who just... We can all tell Dern is both the, <laughs> is both proficient in, in the, the uh, acting arts and just so great at investigation. <laughs> Um, and Balaam just kind of shrugs and shakes his head, and he seems to be looking at the ground in front of him. Um, Is that all? Well, I mean, you wouldn't happen to know of of any world-ending cultists either, would you? Um, Balaam says, Why don't you tell her what you did in this town. Well, I sort of, you know, may have started a few fires and knocked over some idols. I don't know what the wee man did, but from the way everybody's reacting, it doesn't doesn't sound good. Kip's there, sort of just rubbing the back of his neck profusely and looking at the ground. Um, I... I just uh, thought maybe we, we could we could have a talk and uh, wanted wanted to find you, right? 
That's uh, that's all we wanted. Aye. Um. So go ahead and roll a uh, roll a deception check. I suppose. Nineteen. Okay. The gods are kind today. Yeah. Um, you know, the, 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 the world-ending cultist people. I don't know their name. What do you want from them? I mean, you know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> to, to just, you know, check on the order, see what their motivations are, and, you know, check up on things. Okay, roll um, a contest of intelligence. Oh, God. 17. Okay, you can feel that this individual behind the desk is trying to probe inside your thoughts at this moment. She was trying to do it earlier, and you kind of didn't notice with that wisdom check before. But now when she tries to go deeper to try and see what it is that you've been thinking about, She's unable to do it without sort of catching your attention. Mm. Without catching? Oh, oh, unable to do it without catching. Yeah, so she tries to sneak past and see if kind of you're matching, if what you're thinking is matching what you're saying. So Mm. she's kind of suspicious, you can tell. Well, why don't you tell me their darkling last lady woman person? Tell you what? What you're looking for inside me head. She looks over at uh, Balaam, who kind of drops his shoulders and sighs, like, and he says, um, You're supposed to be able to see what they're thinking, you told me, without letting them know that, look, my apologies. But when we're in our line of work here, you have to understand that we have to take precautions. Look, it's obvious that the two of you came into town with something more than wool on your mind. And it seems like at least your actions show that you'd like to be a part of Tearing things apart. I do like tearing things, yes. Yeah, uh, that's, that's, that's it. You hit the head right on the nail. I love Kip. (laughs) So, uh, what would you have to bring to an organization like ours, I guess? Well, I didn't bring it with me, but I have a rather sizable hammer. It's some very shiny armor. I'm, I'm a, a capable warrior. I don't know, know about the wee man over here, but... Um, I'm... Uh, uh, the plucky. Uh, plucky seed sower, and... I'm pretty good at kind of uh, just sussing out what's, what's going on, I, I guess. Uh-huh. Well, um... Would you like to prove yourselves? Depends on the proven, I suppose. Well, what did you have in mind? The first sort of hurdle, I guess, is that if I don't hang you, I've got to hang someone. Because the town's pretty mad. So if you would like to... Go out and find some individuals who match your general size. What about Carl over there? People always love to blame the skeletons for things. And Carl. (laughs) Carl somehow looks really depressed. (laughs) (laughs) No, Carl's a little big. We're going to need some dwarf and halfling-sized folk. You saying I'm short? That's racist. (laughs) Sorry. 
Uh, I, I thought you knew. He's the world-ending cult. He's the PC uh, world-ending cult. I just, I just thought, you know, I thought you knew. I thought dwarves, you know, they, they were. Oh, okay. have you know? For someone, uh, for for a dwarf, I'm actually quite large. And the the lady uh, tiefling behind the desk has just got her head in her hands, <laughs> like Captain Picard style. Uh, um. Well, there are plenty of individuals in the prison who might fit that description. You could go pick out a pair. Aye, where would we bring these individuals to? Oh, you don't have to bring them anywhere. I'll go with you. and We'll put the hoods on and we'll send them out to face the mob. That ain't sounds like a plan, I suppose. Do you know the prisoners well? I mean, I know they're all here for a reason. I would you be knowing any of those reasons? I mean, some of them have been here a really long time. Any of them have already been, you know, tried and convicted or just kind of thrown in here? Why does that matter? I'm just curious. Better, better to send a man who's already dead off to his death than someone who's not been, you know... I guess, convicted. Well, I mean... It was just a curiosity. Many of the ones who were convicted ended up down here instead. Oh, I... All right, then, uh, follow you, or... All right, follow me. Carl, come with me. So, uh, this time Balaam's walking back up... Uh, Good, goodbye, this tiefling lady with the weird book. Do you want your book back? And you hear the book pages sort of start flipping as she writes on the table, and it just says, Yes! And it flies across the room back to her. That's a neat trick there. We should look at one of those, we man. Uh, yeah, I've been looking for a creepy-ass talking book <laughs> <laughs> for a long time. Um... All right, I, let's go, I guess. Hey. And so Balaam heads up in front of you, and Carl's kind of lagging behind in the... Uh, but shuffling behind you, and Kip says, Are, are we going to really, like, let somebody else take this uh, rap for us? Not if I can help it, but... I mean, if there does happen to be a couple of murder, murderous thieves on board, well, they're probably already getting what's coming to them. All right. Um, whatever we do, I think we're going to have to get back into that room. Did you see those maps? Aye. I think... Regional maps, lots of markings. I think that would give us a good idea of where everyone is. Because have you sort of noticed that there's not that many people here? Aye, I have noticed. You might even call it a skeleton crew. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm nervous. Um, <laughs> I tell terrible jokes when I'm nervous. <laughs> I do. That's what I do. Uh, all right. Well, I'll follow your lead, okay? Eddie? So, as you head up the stairs back into the cell, Balaam opens it up. He's got a key. He opens it up from the inside and kind of motions for you to go out, and he says, Well, pick your replacements. There's plenty to choose from. Just kind of saunter out, look for dwarves, I guess. Yeah. So, um, as you go out there, probably the closest thing that you find are a couple of gnomes who are in a cell. Um, so far as to a dwarf. There is a halfling woman who's about Kip's size uh, in a different cell. Let's just start with the gnomes. Okay. Um, what do you want to do? What are they in here for? Uh, so Balaam's kind of just posted up down at the end of the hall, but you just want to chat to him about who you found, or... Can I go over and ask him what the gnomes are in there for? Yeah. Uh, those two. Hi. They were kind of here when I got here. I have to admit, I have recently replaced the sheriff. At eight? No idea, no records or anything of what... I mean, we could... We could go look, but 
Honestly, I haven't been keeping up too well with those records. Well, aren't you just a ton of help? <laughs> you know, I once was at, was at a tax office that was run much better <laughs> than this. Really? I'm not here to be sheriff. I'm just here to play sheriff. I understand that, but you have to keep up with the, the ruse if you want to be convincing. I mean, we find people and we put them in here. And every once in a while, we hang one of them, and people seem happy. Okay, I suppose that's probably enough. <laughs> Let's go talk to the gnomes. Okay. Hello? Oi. What are you doing out? Can you get me out? Uh, no, I can't. Um, well, actually, you know, there might be a way. I'm just curious. What, what, why, are you, why are you in here in the first place? I gotta tell you, we didn't do anything. All that's right? what they all say. Yeah, 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 but, but we didn't. We we just got picked up off the street. We got thrown in here. I what street? Well, we were over at the Whore's Legs, coming into town. You know, have a good time. Uh, it's hard to find good. Um, you know, I, I don't have to tell you, but and then all of a sudden we were in the middle of, you know, what 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 you do and. Uh, they just busted right in, and they, they they pulled me and and my brother out here. Who who was they? Was it that sheriff back there? Um, not the not the sheriff exactly, but uh, it was you know one of the uh, officers in, in the town. And what did they say when they when they pulled you out? They just said uh, we're going to be working. I I don't know if that's a good enough answer. I'll be back. So, uh, oh, okay. Kind of walk away from him. See if there's... I know there's, there's only one other halfling. What about, like, a especially hunched human? Because you're kind of doing the hunchback yeah. thing? Uh, I mean, you, roll could, for you hunched, could do a roll. Roll for hunched humans? Yeah, I guess. Six. So that means there's six hunched humans. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. No, I don't think there's going to be... I think these are pretty much going to be the ones that could pass if they were... Kind of hooded or okay. whatever. Uh, let's go back to the gnomes. Oh, actually, hang on. Uh, I want to talk to Kip. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think we should do here, lad? Um, I mean, it would be nice if we had some weapons, I guess. Aye. But uh, I can kind of take care of myself if we got a sort of make a run at that at that guy. Is Carl still up here or is it just the... Carl's, uh, yeah, Carl's in the cell with the sheriff. Bailiff. Bailum. Bailum, yeah. Bailum the bailiff. Yeah. Okay. Alright, I want to go back to the sheriff and see if he can come and uh, if we can be with him to like to like let the gnomes out. Okay. So have you found some uh, likely candidates? I I think so. Can how about these two gnomes over here? Can we can we maybe take you know have a chat with them a bit more? Um, let them out and we'll we'll see if they fit the bill. I mean nobody's going to be talking to them. I I know you said I was racist, but I mean I think most people in this town aren't going to be able to tell the difference between a gnome and a dwarf on the gallows. I know that, but what if they started screaming, Hey, I'm a gnome, I'm a gnome. I just want to get a closer look. I can make sure that they won't scream. You're a, a, a very efficient individual, aren't you? Yeah, I like to think so. You can roll a persuasion check if you want, though. It's 10 plus Carissa, 11. All right. Um, you can have some more time to, to chat with them, but... Uh, I'm going to leave uh, Carl here with you, and I, I'll meet you back downstairs. Can I get in the cell with him? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. That ain't. So, walk back over to the, the gnomes until Balaam leaves. And Okay. So, he's going to... Um, shoot back over to that cell, and it looks like he goes back downstairs. Okay. So, like, kind of grumpy. So I guess walk back over to Carl now and say, 
You know what? I think these two are going to work. Um, do you have the key to let them out? Or And Carl just shakes his head. All right. Um, how do we get out if you had a kind of point behind him down the the thing, the hallway or whatever? Where the cell was that you were no, before? Like, you or? Know, we, we, we came into the area, so there's like right. a door and Carl standing at the door and we're facing him, right? Yeah. So kind of like pointing back down. I'm trying to get him to turn around. Okay. So uh, he's going to just try to like turn a little bit and motion to the... Punch him in the face. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Date Night. I'm Amy, and I play Kira. And I'm Will, your friendly neighborhood game mom, reminding you to save me some of those leftovers. Last year, after we chowed down for Thanksgiving, we jumped into this date night adventure with both feet. And that evening, we played D&D for the first time and recorded our first test audio. This year, after hitting the turkey and cranberries, we're recording the mid-roll for episode 30. Thanks for sticking with us through it all as we continue to improve our knowledge about podcasting and D&D. Our next episode will hit on December 7th, and I'm pretty sure our party is back to full strength for the second half of the episode, so look forward to seeing Aaron and the Grease Wizard and Kira back in action then. Remember to like, comment, and share us with your friends, and connect with us on Facebook and Twitter at Date Night Podcast, and also on our website at d8nightpodcast.com. So, roll, in the, roll to see if you hit. Jawbone is a d20 plus your strength modifier. 19 plus 5 24. Okay. Yeah, that's going to be a hit. Uh, or is that is athletics? Because then it's 26. No, but that's a, that's a hit either way. So that's 6 damage, I guess. Okay. That's just how that works. So, um, Kip starts. Uh, hissing, and suddenly he transforms into a really large constrictor snake. Um, and let's go ahead and roll initiative. Seven. Even without the armor, I still got them short, stubby dwarven legs. Okay, so Kip um, is at the top here, and he immediately... Uh, is around the skeleton and wrapping around its arms and midsection and starts trying to crush it. And it's your turn. See if I can get its bony legs and kind of pull its feet out from under it. I don't know what that would be. Uh, Well, that would sort of be a grapple. Grapple. So you could roll strength for a grapple and you'll be at advantage. um, Or I'll be at disadvantage, I guess I should say. 15 plus 5, 20. All right, yeah, that would have been a 19, that's a 9, plus 2, 11. So you've got him, and you yank his legs out from under him. His weapons go clattering on the ground, and his bones sort of scatter apart. Ooh, he's got a uh, mace. That's like a hammer. I want to get the hammer. Okay, so he's got a shield and a a mace. We'll go with the mace first and get the shield if we have time. Okay, well, the the skeleton's dead, basically. He's knocked into some pieces. Oh, I have all kinds of time then. Yeah, so now you're in this hallway, um, you've got the cells on either side, and there's some people who are starting to cheer now that you took down <laughs> one of the skeletons. Shut up! And uh, Whatever the fantasy equivalent for F is, shut the up! <laughs> um, you can, if you equip the shield, your AC will go up by two. Okay. And you've got a mace, which I believe you're proficient in. Um, it's a 1D, I think it's a 1D6. Okay. Uh, Kip is just hissing. That's a weird trick there, lad. And he goes uh, slithering back toward the stairs. Let's go and bust open some of these. What kind of locks are on these cages? Like internal locks or like a padlock on the outside? No, kind of like built into the doors. Okay. Is there any way to easily get the prisoners out from the... You could... Uh, oh, does Carl have any keys? Keys uh, on Carl? Carl didn't have any keys. Carl. He just had the shield and the mace. <clears throat> we'll be back. 
start down the stairs with Kip. Okay. I mean, you could. The way you would get in is to try and pick them. You don't have any thieves' tools. I have, so. nothing. I have no equipment. Period. I'd have to That's use right. pieces of Carl if I wanted to do anything. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. So you're going to start heading back down the stairs. All right. All right. When you get back down there, quietly. You know, okay. Roll uh, stealth. Fifteen. All right. Okay. I don't have any. What is that? That's not. That's just dexterity. There's a. Stealth skill under dexterity. Okay, so. That's pretty good. Um, So you and Kip quietly make it back down the stairs, um, and you see an empty hallway like you did before with the light coming from a couple of different rooms. Third to the left. Yeah, he's a snake, so. (laughs) He's a. This is. All right, I'll just go third to the left then. Okay. I'm just saying he doesn't respond. Oh, okay. Um. All right. When you peek, you're going to head into that room? or I'm going to look into that room first to see if I can see any you know, tiny tieflings. Okay. You see the uh, clerk-type lady who was sitting at the desk who is still sitting there at the desk. She's facing away, or can I tell? Or She's looking at the doorway, uh, like looking in your direction. So we could see, you could roll your stealth to see... Whether or not she sees you peek around the corner. She's writing, but she's facing in that direction. Mm, that's a three. Okay, so she's going to see you. But she doesn't really make any move okay. at this point. Let's just go in. But as I go in, check my corners as I come through the doorway. Okay. Um, so in the one corner of the room is, like, up against the wall where the door was is Balaam. Standing there, and he's got the wand leveled at the door. Duck. Okay. <laughs> or, I guess, just, just roll initiative, or am I going to get hit here? Or? He hasn't fired or anything, but he's got it leveled oh. in your direction as you walk in, and he's sort of looking like he's on the fence about what to do. Oh, we we picked two. Oh, Yeah. I the gnomes. I think that'll work. Yeah. Um, where's Carl? Oh, he's just over here. Uh-huh. Hit him with the hammer. <laughs> You're going to go for it. Hit him with the hammer. Now. Okay. 50, 20, 22. Because I'm proficient, right? Well, we're going to roll initiative. So oh, 15. That'll be your initiative. Holy cow. Uh, look at mine. <laughs> Two, three, four. <laughs> well, at least you're consistent. Yeah, so that's going to be... Wait, what's the third dice? For? Oh, Kip. Kip is the yellow. All right, so you're going to be first. So you were trying to hit Balaam with the hammer. With the hammer. Or the mace, in this case. It's it's close enough to a hammer. It's a ham- hammer-like object. Okay. Uh, 9, 14, 16. Yeah. Okay. And... I guess just 1d6 for damage. Yeah, plus your strength. Plus my strength. 2, 7. Okay, so you... Not the proficiency bonus, too, or...? No, only to see if you hit. Okay. Okay, so you crack Balaam with this... uh, With the mace. Mm -hmm. And he kind of is already back in the wall. So now he's sort of really stuck in the corner of that room. Um, The book flies up from the desk and you watch the clerk sort of out of the corner of your eye sprawling frantically on the table with her quill and the book just whispers liars and the pages of the book start flipping back and forth um, furiously and there's a great wind whipping up around you the maps start yanking off the walls and a hand uh, wreathed in shadow extends from the book as it flies toward you. Some Necronomicon stuff going on yeah, over here. <laughs> it really is. That's a 17, which I guess in That's your current hit. state is yeah. going to hit. Wouldn't normally, but yeah. Do you have any resistance to necrotic damage or anything? Ah, uh, no. Okay, Just so poison. Six damage. <sighs> I'm having one of those days where math is hard. That's 28, okay. So, um, Balaam 
who's right up against the corner and basically backed into that corner with you, has these kind of really beefy-looking gauntlets on, and he takes a swing at you with those. Okay. That's a 22. That's, you know, probably a hit. Yeah. Ooh, that's 12. Okay. Um... Kip goes next, um, and he's slithering over toward um, Balaam. He starts to crawl up and try to wrap around him. He's going to have a attempt to grapple here. Okay. He uh, basically slithers up around like the sides of Balaam's legs and up around his midsection and starts to squeeze. Uh, it causes Balaam to be stuck and unable to move at this current point. Um, and he deals 17 crushing damage. And you see Balaam finding it hard to breathe at this moment. All right. Um, you start hearing some footsteps in the hallway, but it's your turn. How far am I away from the the tiny tiefling lady? This is a small room, so it's no more than 20 foot across. Melee? Yeah. Well, I mean, you could run there. Okay. Let's do Conquering Presence. Okay. Which is, as an action, I force each creature of my choice. I guess that could be both of them. Mm -hmm. Although, I don't know how much longer Balaam's going to last. But anyways... um, to make a wisdom saving throw on a failed save, creature becomes frightened for one minute. Creature can repeat this at the this throw at the end of each turn. Okay, Balaam's got a 16, and the female tiefling has definitely failed that. Okay. So my spell save is 11. Okay, so Balaam passes. Uh, so he's not frightened. Right, but tiefling is frightened. Right, that means she cannot move toward you? Right. And I think she has disadvantage else? on attacks. Okay. But again, it's been a while since I've looked. Frightened. Disadvantages on ability checks and attack rolls while the source of fear is within line of sight and cannot willingly move closer to the source of its fear. So no matter what, if she's making an attack roll or ability check, even against Kip... She'll be at disadvantage. Okay. And then I, I want to kind of advance on her with the with my, the movement portion of my turn. Okay. She looks over at Balaam, who looks to be getting crushed at the particular moment, and she reaches out her hand toward him and seems to heal him. Balaam is up, and while kind of you're walking away from him, he's going to try and hit you with that wand while... Kip is around I was going to say, I thought he was immobilized. Section. He can't move. He's grappled, but he can still try oh, to make an attack. Okay. Grappled, um, their speed becomes zero, but they can still um, attack or cast spells. So he's going to try and level that wand at you, and that's a nine. So that for the... Hit or the damage? For the attack. Oh. To see if it hits. No, yes. Okay, so this bolt of lightning comes shooting out of his wand and goes across uh, the room and hits just behind the uh, clerk at the desk and just busts out a section of the stone in the wall with a big crack. Kip, at this point, attempts to continue to squeeze against Balaam, who's able to break the grapple. Uh, So Kip tries to bite him. So Kip closes his big snake jaws on this guy around his arm and does 13 damage. Uh, You see through the door at this point comes a little dwarf-sized skeleton. He sort of scans the room to try and figure out what's going on, walks over uh, well, doesn't walk over. He pulls a short bow out and tries to shoot Kip as he's wrapped around Balaam. He's so close that he's going to be at disadvantage. He's... The whole room is within... It's like... Tw- yeah, he's a little bit outside of five feet at the door, though. Oh, okay. 
Um, and he hits Kip for one damage as one of the as an arrow sticks into him into his body. Okay, gives him a nice paper cut. Yeah, and he just hisses, and it's your turn. Okay. Um, do I hear any more steps outside, or is it just the skeleton? Roll a perception check, I guess. Four. Hard to tell. Hard to tell. With all the noise of the lightning and the wind and all of that. Right. So right now, the book is still kind of flying around. There's the maps all around the room are whipping around the room. The lightning just shattered a bunch of the stone out of the wall behind that desk. Um, and it's sort of crumbled onto the ground. So it's a little bit chaotic. Well, it's already noisy in here. So let's go ahead and uh, thunder a smite. Okay. Kind of wish I had one of my other smites up, but I don't. So, so let's hit. Well, that's kind of whiff. Uh, nine, eleven. Yeah. So she kind of just ducks out of the way, and that smacks into the desk, which doesn't make the. I'm not going to say that uses up your smite, uh, but it basically knocks a bunch of papers up into the air, and they start whipping around in the wind too. Fantastic. That's what the situation needed. Yes. <laughs> So, um, Balaam is sort of out of that grapple now, and uh, he's actually going to try and make a run for it and see. Kip will get an opportunity attack on Come him on, Kip. as he runs. So, Kip tries to strike at him uh, to try and bite him, but Balaam sort of runs out of the room um, uh, onto the other side of where the skeleton is. And then it's Kip's turn now. Kip turns toward that dwarf-sized skeleton and makes a rush and tries to uh, crawl up around it, or slither up around him and grapple him again. So he slithers up um, and the dwarf basically wriggles out of Kip's grasp. And uh, he takes his, he drops his short bow onto the ground and pulls out his hammer and takes a swing at uh, Snake Kip. And he crits, so he smacks Kip right on the head with this hammer and deals 12 damage. That's a proper hammer right there. Yeah. So you can see that that kind of knocked Kip's head flat onto the ground, but he looks like he's still up. It's your turn. Okay. Um, I'm going to try to connect with Book Lady again. Okay. Crit fail. Okay. Roll a dex check. Eleven. All right, it's just another miss as she kind of ducks out of the way. Um, She spent her last turn kind of uh, prepping the book, so the book flies up behind you and makes another attack with its hand. That shadowy hand stretches out of the book. She's going to be a disadvantage though, right? Yeah. So that's going to be a mess uh, with the book. Can she roll on her turn to try and... To dispel, yeah. Yeah. No, she's still afraid. Okay. So she's going to reach out uh, at disadvantage for her attack on this turn and try and grab you. So her hand, as it stretches up, you see it surrounded with like this dark energy, and you can see her skin almost looks like it melts away, and you just see a skeletal hand trying to grab you. That would have been a crit, but instead it's a six. That's a miss. So, with disadvantage, um, she tries to reach out to you, and she's just too scared to actually grab around your arm. Um, Roll a perception check again. Eighteen. You can hear it sounds like Balaam running away, but you also hear other footsteps. Uh, Kip makes another uh, attempt to try and bite this dwarf skeleton. And misses again. This is the dodgiest little dwarf skeleton ever. So he's just doing one of those clanky cartoon bone dances. The gods were kind against Carl when they decided to turn against us here. Yeah. And it's back to you. Okay. Gonna keep trying to connect with Bone Lady. 11, 16, 18. Yes, that Thank one's going to be a hit. All right, so... 
one for the damage. It's five, and then plus strength is ten, and then two, so it's another five, and a three. Eight. Eighteen damage altogether. Oof. With Thunder Smite. So it was ten and eight? Because I already subtracted right. the ten. Okay. Yeah, ten and eight. And then the constitution save for the knockdown. Okay. So as you smack her, uh, that's a... 16? Yes, yeah, she, she, save. she saves. So as you smack her with this, uh, doesn't a thunderous boom come out for like... Yeah, 300 feet, so we're pretty much all temporarily deaf. Yeah, this whole room, you just hear a ringing like a flashbang went off. The hole in the wall where the lightning hit is crumbled further from this. The desk is sort of split in half at the same time as you come down with this blow on top of her. Um, she really ends up sort of having to almost go down to one knee from this attack, but she just sticks her finger back out toward you, um, and this black beam of energy shoots out. So first I'm going to see if she's still afraid. No, end of turn. Is that the end of her turn? At the end of each turn. Okay, so she'll be at disadvantage. So that's an 11. That's a miss. Okay, so it just blasts right off of your shield, and this beam of energy shoots up uh, into the ceiling. Okay, Kip. Um, Do you want to roll to see if she's still frightened? Oh, yeah. Thank you. Now she's not. Now she's not. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, that's a 21, so. Okay. Um, Kip tries to bite the skeleton at the door. That's a a hit, so he um, bites this thing around the midsection and sort of crumbles it down into a heap. Good. Her spells are getting bigger. Help me end her. (laughs) Yeah. It's back to you. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and burn another for uh, another Thunder Smite. Okay. Just totally, completely deafen myself. Okay. 13, 18, 20. Yeah, it's going to okay. smite. So, one for the damage. Well, one plus. Oh, uh, so six. Okay. Then two, two three, another five. For oh, the thunder for damage. The thunder. Okay, so again, you smack into our... There's this deafening ring in the room. The bones of the skeleton on the ground <laughs> jump up into the air. The book actually falls out of the falls out of the air with that smite. Sort of crashes onto the ground as she also loses focus. Um, and she goes. She just turns to you and opens up her mouth, and this just pure force of darkness just shoots out like a fire hose. Fire Hose of Darkness. Um, that's a 14. That's a hit. Okay. That's 13 damage. <laughs> Alright, as she does that, you see a big skeleton um, step into the doorway and roll a... I guess a nature check. Nine. All right, that's enough, I think, to tell because it still has its antlers. This looks like it's a moose folk skeleton. It's got a big two-handed axe, and it charges um, straight at Kip. Kip Which is kind of where I want it, to be honest. (laughs) So he charges um, and misses his swing with that axe as he's... Probably not too used to trying to swing at a snake on the ground. Which is kind of what I want him to do. Yeah. (laughs) So it clatters on the ground, um, although you might not be able to hear it with all the other things going on. I can't hear anything right now. So Kip tries to do his thing and slither up around this guy and try and crush him. Come on, Kip! Uh, He gets around him. Yes! uh, And does some damage. Yes! He does a 11, which is bludgeoning, which this guy's weak against. 
So that's 22. So you watch as he does this. You just hear the bones just start crunching under the weight of it. And then um, he kind of shakes Kip off so he's not grappled. Uh, and it's your turn. Uh, I want to hit this lady one more time, but just with regular hammer, not with a, okay. a spell or anything. 5, 10, 12. No. Okay. Um, that's just going to sort of... Uh, glance off of part of the desk that she's sort of picked up as a little makeshift shield in the okay. meantime. Um, she's going to reach out and try and grab you again. You should have laid on hands. That's a seven. Oh, miss. Oh. So <laughs> She reaches out to try and grab you, but your momentum from swinging the hammer is kind of, or the mace has kind of put you out of the way. So she's Tuck and un- weave. unable to make that grab. The moose folk skeleton pulls back the great axe and tries to swing down to try and cut Kip in half. And he cuts Kip in half. Yeah, he gets a pretty good bite into Kip with that axe as he pulls it down and does 12 damage. And you see Kip uh, is pretty bloodied by that. Um, but he's he's not done yet. He goes to try and do the same thing to try and uh, incapacitate this guy. He wraps up wraps up around him, does some more crushing damage to him, and you hear some more of the bones popping. So he does twenty two damage because he's. I'm gonna have to remember that bludgeoning. Is it all skeletons that are weak to bludgeoning damage? Or usually they are. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna have to remember that. Um. Because I bludgeon all the time with my hammer. Right. And you can remind me and say if he's weak. And he's currently grappled, so he's unable to move. Sweet. It's back to you. Lay on hands. I'm going to dump all my points. Okay. Oh, I need to update that. Because it's five times level, right? Right? I think so. I think you get five points per paladin level. So you might have 20. In your pool. Your paladin level times five. Sweet. Yeah, I'm still gonna dump all. Okay, I gotta update that. So I've used twenty. It brings me back up to a twenty-three. Okay. Okay. So, um, she sees you kind of do that, and she's, well, while we're laying on hands, she (laughs) she doesn't say anything, but she stretches out that skeletal-type hand again. That's a 21. Oh, damn. No, don't pick up three dice. That's uh, 13, and you can actually feel some of the energy come out of your mouth, and watch like it enter into her mouth. She looks a little bit more resilient Mm -hmm. after that. But I have paladin energy. She liked it. Oh. (laughs) Alright, the uh, moose folk is trying to escape that grapple first. And does and takes a... tries to basically reach down with its big antlers and gore. Yeah. Uh, snake kip. Uh, it hits. For 15. Mm, snake kip, no. And kip transforms back out of snake form into uh, kip form. little halfling kip form. It is. Um, I can't take... Too many more of those. Neither can I. (laughs) (laughs) So Kip's up now. He casts Thunder Wave. Mm. Hmm. Uh Uh-oh. He yells, Duck. (laughs) Casts Thunder Wave. I duck. Roll a um, Constitution saving throw. Six. Oh boy. Um, you're gonna take 
10 damage, and you're knocked back into the corner with the... basically now behind the clerk who was at the desk. I'm unconscious. You are? And I will never give... I will never be sorry for hitting Kip with a spear (laughs) ever again. Okay. Um... Hmm. I resolve this. So... I guess I'm just going to have to figure out what happens and then let you know what you see when you wake up. Fair enough. So let me just go through that. This will be real quiet podcasting Which time, I suppose. Great for the podcast. Yeah, we can cut that, cut it out, I guess. Hi, I'm Mike. I play Dern Hammerstone. And first of all, I wanted to say thank you so much for listening to our show. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Date Night Podcast.